You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast, a platform that we've created to bring the Nordic community together. My name is Paul Hackett, and I'm your host. Fantastic. Okay, so this will be the recording for deciding what to develop in-house versus buying externally. Uh, we'll start off with some introductions. So, if, uh, Niklas, please go ahead. Yes, thank you. Yeah, my name is Niklas Florian. I'm the COO here at Wireless Car. And for you that are not familiar, Wireless Car is uh, is connecting car to the cloud and has been doing so before we even had a cloud. So we're really enabling uh, cars to be smarter and, and really utilizing the data to build new services. Uh, and uh, my work as CEO is really to, to uh, grow uh, and implement our growth strategy here at Wireless Car, and that goes all the way from sales to product marketing and, and all the way to delivery. Uh, and in that, I'm really seeing both sides of today's topic. I'm both uh, looking at how we use partners and, uh, and uh, suppliers, but also we are a supplier and a partner to our customers, the car makers. So I do see both sides of this. So it will be interesting today to discuss this. Fantastic. Marcus, would you like to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Marcus Nordqvist. I'm um, this hobby coder originally from Norrköping and I came to Gothenburg, started studying at Chalmers, went that way realized somewhere along the way that I'm an entrepreneur more than I am um, a hard code coder. So um, I started uh, companies and uh, Queenslab is, uh, I guess, one of the most successful ones. Um, and the Queenslab, at Queenslab we work as consultants and uh, our core um, areas are big data and advanced visualizations. So we work pretty closely with uh, Companies like Wireless Cars, uh, Wireless Car, and uh, and other, especially here in Gothenburg area with automotive, and uh, prop tech is also a very big business area for us. Uh, obviously, we do everything from IoT up to the, uh, advanced visualization on the web, which is our focus as well. We don't do much of, of mobile applications these days. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to to having this discussion with you guys. Fantastic. Matthias? Yeah, nice to meet you. I'm Matthias. Uh, I work as CTO at Visma Finance. Uh, Visma is a huge company, but my uh, my department is sort of like the fintech uh, part of Visma. Uh, and we work with financial services, and I have an extensive background in financial services, working for different uh, small banks in the northern European market also somewhat in insurance and I'm originally a system developer long time ago now but I made it made it all the way so to speak uh, to the dark side <laughs> uh, yeah that's that's me basically fantastic all right let's uh, kick it off with the uh, first question then uh, Niklas would you like to start this one off seeing as you sit in the middle yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting this uh, topic, and I I would like to even be a bit more precise on it. And and uh, when when we buy things, uh, then we talk about uh, buying things like from partners, uh, 
but we also talk about suppliers and we can also differentiate uh, suppliers into consultancy as well. So, so is there a difference and when to use a partner, when to use a supplier and when to just use consultants? Uh, Matthias, do you want to kick this one off? Sure. So, okay, so the question is more like, if you don't do it in-house, what would be like the preferred way of doing it, pros and cons? Yeah, guess. yeah, and, and, and of course, if you, if you do it in-house, then you do it in-house. But when you don't do it, then, and then do, do you build a stronger relationship? For me, a partner is something you build long-term suppliers, maybe more when you can handle it more more easier and and uh, a consultant is uh, a third way for me as well uh, so, so when when to use it uh, the three different models mm -hmm. all right so uh, i would say traditionally consultant is uh, uh, partly due to a lack of time i would say in practice for many companies if i look in, in like the real world but in some kind of like more uh, theoretic model i guess yeah, I would say it's maybe the more niche or like advanced the task, I think the more useful it will be maybe to go for, uh, to find some specialist and whether that's a consultant or a company. I, I have like an easier time imagining like a consultant specialist uh, than a partner. A partner would be more long time and maybe like be more based on previous cases, I guess. Uh, but we're talking about now like uh, purchasing the solution anyway, or are we talking more like uh, a total partnership where you may be like software as a service or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Do you separate like this, or is it yeah, something we have invited, <laughs> invented uh, ourselves, <laughs> talking about uh, sort of suppliers and partners, or do you talk about that separation as well? Uh, if I do? Yeah. Well, uh, usually it sometimes options can be sort of limited. I mean, if you're you're limited in in reality, but I'm trying to like think of a situation where there's uh, where you have all the options. I mean, I guess uh, I guess the obvious answer would, would be like a partner would be better, actually. Um, also, if it's like if I guess if you're able to compartmentalize it. Uh, like it's like a part of your business uh, or a subset or a, like a service if you will that would be like for me a candidate for a partnership whereas if you like to uh, upgrade an existing function or something like that that would be uh, something more temporary hmm. Marcus what's your view on that one yeah, well, it's kind of, I have to be the devil's advocate here a little bit because I'm like on, normally on the other side, we're a consultancy. So, um, but but it's an interesting topic because uh, one of our ideas, because we have a lot of in-house projects at Queenslab and we're about 45 consultants altogether. And what we try to do and we aim and we strive for to become partners actually more than than just being consultants because we value that relationship with our customers that we can help our customers grow their business and so in turn we can also be you know we can follow along on that journey so uh, i definitely prefer 
um, being on the other side, I definitely prefer being uh, a partner because I've also valued the relationship over time that we can see that we actually make an impact on our customers' business, a positive impact. And, um, and I also believe even when we have, we also outsource from time to time. Uh, I also think it's uh, even if we don't use the same people all over and all over again, I think it's more valuable to us if we use the same um, uh, the same companies and that we have long-term relationships. I don't like buying hours per se. Uh, I prefer having having a commitment. But you would then work with sort of like long-term contracts, even though it, it's a consulting job. Yeah, uh, exactly. But I mean, for us, uh, the way we work is uh, at Queensland, we try to uh, we, we try to work as much as possible in terms of projects so we do projects but that doesn't mean that when one project is over that we just leave it there and go separate ways normally we start phase two uh, or phase three but we have uh, the concept is that the customer should always be able to go to someone else if they're not satisfied with our solution uh, we don't want to build the customer into our solution so to say Instead, we want to have a sound relationship that they're willing to go forward with project phase two and phase three with us anyways. So, yeah. But like I said, I'm a devil's advocate here. No, I'm on the other side. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, it brings something important up. This has been like uh, in my mind for just the latest half a year. Like what is a long-term relationship when it comes to business? Because like... Traditionally, it would be having an employee would be considered stronger than having a partnership and having a partnership would be considered stronger than consultancy. But I think like what we're seeing is, I think like the average stay for an employee in our business is four years now. That means for everyone that stays eight years, there's someone that leaves in one month. So I'm, I'm starting to question that myself the latest time, like is to employ someone, is that really necessarily the best way to build something lasting because I can see there's quite some movement in our business anyway and yeah. some competition for the uh, the best resources so I, I think there's definitely some merit to what you say like you can't really be sure like I, I see a lot of people thinking like if you employ someone then they will stay forever and then they're like shocked when they leave two years <laughs> later uh, so yeah it's definitely interesting and oh. I sort of agree with you that, uh, yeah, consultant does not necessarily mean temporary or like even short-term. Exactly. I, I think one of the, the, the key points to having a partnership like this is that your ability to scale up and down when you want to, but still maintain a strong relationship in, in terms of competence. Like if you have a partnership with a company, that you're used to working with, most probably you have some some competence sharing within that company over your business. Um, and you have the flexibility that you wouldn't have otherwise with an employee. So um, that's, uh, I guess, I guess from a, on a positive note. Then again, when we're talking, what is long-term? For me, uh, I would say that long-term is years. Then if it's two years or, or 15, yeah, well, that depends on on the business climate and, and the economy and a lot of other factors. but Yeah, I agree, definitely. Yeah. For me, it's also, and, and it's maybe right or wrong, but, but 
partner is also built on trust, and the trust comes, of course, with with the uh, with the time and and the long term uh, part. But it's also part of how you sort of step into that sort of relationship. I mean, if you you want to to develop that to a partnership, or if it's just, I mean, we buy. Uh, what should I say? I mean, if we buy flowers, we do that for all new employees. I mean, that's just, we don't need a long term. It, it's of course good if we have the same supplier because they will start to learn what sort of flowers we want, etc. But it's it's not so strategic, so I will not put so much effort of making that. Uh, but when it's more about uh, our uh, offer to our customers and, and if I bring someone on to that, then I really want to trust them in, in that they share our values and our commitment to make that really a great delivery. So, so it's also about the purpose of, of that relationship or, or that uh, partner or, uh, that, that you are differentiating when you want to use what. Can you see it, uh, a change in quality or do you, of the, the of the deliveries or when it come if you separate that partnership from consultants can you see or prefer any of the two when it term, when it comes to quality? I can see that in our own delivery to be honest because when it it goes up and down so we have really long term partnership with all our customers but as all relationship I guess both personal and and in business they have their ups and downs and and, and that really impact our way of delivering in the best possible way because when you have strong it it should be fairly straight and to the point and be tough requirements from the customer that's when you deliver the best but mm. still it should be an open and build on trust climate when you have that and you have that long-term vision you are it's so much easier to be someone delivering great quality because then you get to understand the other side much better so i i'm really, really spending a lot of my time personally as well to building those relationships on, on all levels because it's, it helps everyone to be better, I feel, uh, especially when you're delivering more complex parts as I think all of we are doing here. Software is uh, by definition almost always complex and especially when if it's in ecosystem or with regulated areas or in yeah, the type of areas we are all working in. I think then it's it's really, I mean, it's part of the agile world, uh, etc. Trying to understand the other parts and, and the partnership or having that sort of mindset helps so much compared to, I mean, working in, in automotive that is extremely traditional. It, it's uh, uh, it's changed a lot. I've been in this now for nine years, but, but there are still a lot of processes around being a supplier. We should just punish you and, and we should force you to send in uh, hundreds of capabilities every week and if you don't do that you're a bad supplier but when we when you come further from that it really helps yeah. i mean i think even from my perspective as a broker so we sit in the middle so we i sit in between um you know consultancies and clients so we basically provide what is needed per requirement so sometimes it is just that singular individual that's just an expert in that area 
that then we can deliver. But obviously, if they're then bring wanting to build up a whole team, sometimes it's better, and sometimes that's when I use consultancies because they can provide, you know, a team that have worked together before and can provide that whole solution. So you know, whether you're working, you know, with a partnership similar to like um like a consultant like Quinsal, for example, or like Sigma, you know, they can just provide like a whole group of guys in one go but they might not be best orientated to provide that one individual ad hoc. So it is all dependent on what what needs best um, at the time. I think that's the only you know, thing I can mention of when to choose a supplier or a individual consultant from my side of things. Yeah, I think we're going to come there late in this talk, but I can't help thinking that like uh, it depends a lot of if the if the buyer knows what they want, mm-hmm. of course they have an idea, but if they have like the strategy clear and like some the targets, mm-hmm. because I see a lot of collaborations fall on that, that they're like figuring out underway, which is fine and agile in, in a way, but also makes it really hard for a consultant to be efficient. Like, did you, did we deliver, deliver on what? It's that question becomes sort of impossible after a while to answer if it's not clear. So, I guess, yeah. like, the to be able to do like a follow up, the buyer must have some kind of idea where they're going with this, no matter if it's a consultant or like a partner. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I also think that sometimes you need an expert on something just to to follow up on that. It's if you if the if the client is really good at technology overall maybe they have their own teams already they know exactly what they want they need an expert on this tech stack or um, then it becomes a little bit strange if you're trying to introduce a partnership or uh, or a full team when they actually just need a sql server expert or uh, or a database administrator mm-hmm. yeah. yep that's it so nicholas you know how are you with the answers to that question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but thanks, thanks a lot. Yeah. It's 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 not. Uh, I did not expect the yes or no answer. <laughs> oh no, of course. <laughs> That's kind of like a, a small question, but it could go on for hours. That one. Yeah. Um, but uh, Marcus, do you want to um, kick off your question now? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, it actually has a little bit to do about what you said, Matthias, about the client's participation. And I'm, I'm curious about that because uh, we have clients at Queenslab and I'm also vested in, in a startup called Happy at Work where uh, I do a lot of outsourcing of, of, of technology. And uh, I see one of the biggest problems is that the client is not committed enough to the project for outsourcing to work uh, sometimes, uh, especially when it comes to partnership and full teams, or even if, if there's a strong commitment to something. Then, uh, so my question is actually, do you guys think about this and do you have budgets and do you actively um, commit to projects or to onboard, offboard when you bring in full teams or when you outsource? I would say, from my perspective, yes. Uh, on the budget, it it it, it differs, uh, of course. But yeah, I've seen too many like out, not only outsourcing, too many projects. Period f- fail because the idea was not clear, and 
I think like the answer is to not only bring in like developers and designers, but to bring in like people that are in between and can help you with business development, actually, as it were, uh, if you don't have that yourself. But a lot of companies like consider that core business, like, you know, we can't outsource our uh, ideas because that's not our core business anymore. But then again, if you don't like have a clear idea, I don't know what's the point of outsourcing. Then you're not like, you're not there yet. <laughs> you're not yeah. ready, as you say. So uh, I would definitely, I have very good experience actually of uh, uh, hiring like, what would you say, like craftsmen, designers, UX uh, developers, along with uh, what would be called maybe process specialist or business analyst or whatever you'd like to call them. Of course, you'd have to pay more, but like the cost of a failed project, we know that all too well. So, uh, and also I think time is an issue here because usually when you don't have a clear idea, it's usually combined with that you're sort of in a rush and you're heard and okay, let's throw consultants on this problem. And yeah, sure, let's do that. But maybe bring in someone who can like structure this and not the like project manager, but someone who has, you have to like refine or formulate your idea before, uh, and I, that's not only for like outsourcing, but it can be like really disaster when you outsource something then you don't know what you're doing actually. Yeah, <laughs> so so I guess my point is like, work. yes, I would happily pay for an expert. Maybe it could be for the first part of the project. I mean, if you want to like have a, a, a balance for the budget, it could be the first half year perhaps. Like maybe even like before you bring in the craftsmen or coders or anyway, mm. that would be my preferred way of doing that. Yeah, I can only echo that. Um, we do exactly that as well. I mean, then it's very different for different uh, what we are buying. But but when we we buy complete development teams sometimes to to short term help us with the deliveries uh, as an example, and 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 then of course we also have. Uh, really thinking on, on how we engage them. But but if it's part of a, one of our deliverables, that's normally not a problem because then normally that's very much focused because it's part of the total delivery. But then when we, for instance, we, we replaced our complete IT infrastructure, internal IT infrastructure a couple of years ago, and then we brought in one partner company to, to deliver that, but we also brought in Exactly this. Uh, some some specialists designing and helping us really understanding that because we we didn't have time uh, and and also wanted to have someone knowing that area and, and we were knowing a little bit what we wanted and had uh, had I mean we are 400 uh, craftsmen or 450 craftsmen in, in in your definition, Matthias. But 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 uh, in the end. Uh, uh, so we are a lot of uh, people with a lot of requirements in this area, but in the end, how to structure that and make that, uh, we took help uh, doing that. And I think it was part of making that possible. Uh, so I think it's, it's extremely important. And yeah, we see, oh, yeah, sorry. Just, no, sorry. I, I just get the short answer. I saw your question again now, Marcus. I guess the short question is uh, that I think it requires quite the commitment from the buyer. <laughs> Uh, yeah. 
yeah. you can't escape that. Uh, there's no way, simply. Now you you work for for pretty big companies as well with uh, resources and muscles, so to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess smaller companies, uh, at least from my experience, I've noticed that smaller companies they often disregard this and they don't think about product product ownership um, to to the extent maybe that you guys do. Um, and and I see that as as a very important problem for failed projects. Um, when it comes to sm- even smaller projects, they need clarification. Exactly what you say, refinement. And um, yeah, that was the question. But you, you both presented very good answers. Thank you. Yeah, I think what would you say? Could you say some example of like a, an idea not being refined enough? I mean, in your business or that you stumbled upon? Yeah. Um, well, let's say. Uh, a client comes to us and say, "Can you build a uh, e-commerce site for us?" <laughs> oh, okay, right. I'm that's a very go. unrefined. That's yeah, a very unrefined it. project. And and with how much does it cost to build an e-commerce? Uh, and I say, well, first of all, I'm not sure that we should do it. Uh, <laughs> if we if we should do it, then you know there are so many factors here. So I don't know where to start. And they could be uh, at a very early stage quite annoyed by an answer that I don't know. Uh, and I can't give an exact answer to that. But even if we come to like a second and a third stage in, in, in a development phase, even we get to the development phase uh, where we have um, a bigger project that runs for, say, like for us, it's a big project that runs for a full year. Okay. Uh, with, uh, say, three developers. For instance, that's that's a big project for us at the moment. So, um, and when we come to the conclusion that we're going to do it, and we start the development, and then there is no product owner. So obviously, we don't work waterfall. We do. We also work agile, like everybody in the business nowadays, uh, more or less. Uh, which means that we do sprints. We we try to deliver value. Um, on on two to three weeks basis, that will becomes very difficult if you don't have any kind of specification and the client has a cl- maybe has a clear idea, probably not, of what they want us to do, but we don't. And when we ask questions, they're they they are not present. Um, that that's that's a problem uh, that I see uh, recurring from time to time. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I mean, I've stumbled upon that in my lifetime a couple of times as well. Like, get the question like, could you build a bank? And you're like, yeah. okay, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, something like that. Or I need the product. It would be cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, right. So uh, I don't know if some of it is like uh, the old view that an IT solution consists of like an idea plus developers, basically. Uh, yeah, you you think that we've grown apart from that, but I think it might still be out there that belief. Definitely, I, I try because... to use the anal- analogy of uh, like buildings. Like I don't think it's very different. Uh, the engineering of information systems it's it's in many ways similar to building constructions or, or to constructing buildings. Uh, and I think the analogy is that build me a house could mean a lot of different things. Uh, it could be done probably uh, in a day uh, if it's a very, very small cabin. 
but if you want Carla Tornet or uh, you know Empire State Building, then you probably have to set aside a little bit more time. So I try to use that. It works um, on a fifty percent success rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I like that analogy as well. I, I think like the times I try to like backtrack, like okay, so let's let's go take a step back and what do you want to achieve or like what is your strategy or what what do you even want to do with this bank or this e-commerce site and then if the idea is not clear which is often the case then it might be sort of like a board problem even it's like what do we want to do with our company mm -hmm. uh, okay so I, I mean i mean do you want to build e-commerce for volume revenue or like uh, future peer proof or what's like what's the idea what do you think niklas no, I, I agree, and I guess we all, as as uh, working in IT, have got the question on 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 uh, yeah, how much could it, how hard could it be, or uh, I mean, it's it's just an e-commerce site. There are hundreds, just pick one uh, or something like that. that and yeah, but it's it's a bit more complex like that. Um, but but then in reality, sometimes it's hard. They there it could be. I mean, our we are struggling with this as well. I mean, we we the the our clients need things normally in many cases connected to a launch of 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 a vehicle, and that are huge huge projects with huge huge costs associated. And we are normally even if it's and many people involved in in all in in our part as well. It's still a small piece of of this huge puzzle of of getting the new uh, car out to, to the market, and and uh, but it's a hard deadline because it's suddenly a factory should start producing something, and and then really getting and and uh, having the focusing on on really. Spending the the money, and I think that must be valid for you as well, Marcus. I think you should need to, to to propose for them. Yeah, you need an architect here. If you build a house, you, you we we need someone taking responsibility for uh, for that part. And and if you don't have that architect yourself, I can bring in someone and help you and and making the the investment from the customer side a little bit less they still need to be extremely involved but it's easier to have a, have a involvement when they show fancy 3d images of the house than just starting to imagine them themselves uh, i think that's the trick we try to use both when we buy things but also when we talk to the customers and taking on a bigger part of it and then because um, Sometimes things just need to be done, even if uh, there is no one doing that and then trying to help. Sometimes it's not, then not possible because we also have clients that are not allowing us to get all the details needed. I mean, when, when we implementing new things in China and we don't have access to the, the systems or the information inside their subsidiaries in, in China and, and we cannot sort of become that. And, then you need to be extremely clear on that we are failing because you don't have time. But I'm curious, Niklas, in your business, like how clear of a, an idea do they have of what customer value they want to bring? Is it like uh, the, the customers really want this or is it more like cloud enable this car? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
at start it was like that, but now it's starting to be more mature. But uh, then there are completely unmature areas as well, like autonomous uh, driving, etc., and, and all that requirements, and and that this is still sort of uh, extremely unmature. So it's 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 really a full mixture it is really into to this is how we will earn money by giving this or now there are regulations even uh, sort of regulated uh, emergency call in europe that need to be mandatory for new cars etc so there are are diff- really different stages in this so it's it's uh, it's extremely Fun and challenging because yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's so for me who is not a car car owner anymore. Yeah, uh, is it what could be like? What would you like to know? Perhaps like the battery is forty eight percent in your electric car and it's parked over there, something like that, or yeah. What, yeah. what could the cloud services be? Yeah, or what, like download software for your car. Yeah, all of that. Uh, but but uh, I mean. Continue with the example I just give you. Most of of the cars are actually calling the ambulance uh, themselves when they crash today. Right. So, so, so if wow. you crash, they they call and and some of the more advanced tell uh, tell the ambulance that there are five people. We have done three uh, turnarounds, so they are probably quite injured. So send uh, more than one ambulance because it's it's a severe crash. Uh, so, so that's sort of uh, one scale of it, uh, and the other scale is just uh, convenience. Um, we know that you are going to depart uh, to your trip to Stockholm in two hours, so we have started to, to make, uh, and that's especially important for electrical cars, that we have c- cooled or warmed the car to the right temperature, uh, because that's important if you have an electrical car, because that costs quite a lot of energy to warm or cool your car so you do that before that sort of make that happen so getting back to the original original topic was why would you say that companies hire you instead of building their own department of like cloud enablers for cars i mean in the past this has been i mean i think we are in the uh, our company is a good example of this in in this was just a fancy thing to do 20 years ago when we started and then you outsourced it completely and there was one or two people with uh, sometimes uh, interest and sometimes not on the car maker side and let us do the stuff. Now this is critical because everyone knows that uh, people like you Matthias don't own cars, they still need transport from A to B and there will be cars or buses or sure. uh, involved in that. So they want to sell uh, more of, of mobility uh, and then the, you need that connectivity so there is a car when you take that three kilometer ride from the train stations to our office or whatever and, 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 and then that is becoming extremely important for the car makers to have that sort of knowledge. Uh, so definitely they should have some of their own capabilities. Some of, uh, of them are, are really investing a lot in that. Some are taking a more uh, relaxed approach and are using still uh, partners or companies or suppliers even if in the context I'm talking about before more of just buying it uh, piece by piece uh, to do this. But, but then our partners become much more to 
complement and being maybe to your point, Marcus, consultant experts. So we are, are really delivering specific services and not just the full package and are, are really making the hard uh, parts that are taking a lot of knowledge and requirements like uh, making business trips and make that uh, tax uh, um, reduction possible in Germany it seems to be a simple use case but it's not we have spent a lot of time making sure that the trips are correct etc and if they are reported by the car themselves etc so solving more of, of the complex parts and, and making add on to that and working as as partners in in developing that and in, into the future but definitely the car uh, makers are almost all of them and you see that if you read newspapers becoming uh, they want to be digital uh, companies and and uh, software companies mm -hmm. very interesting um matthias would you like to pose your questions to the group as well Sure, we touched upon the subject, I think, but basically it's been going on in my mind forever because I used to be a consultant as well. Now I'm purchasing consultants. It's like, uh, like if if you have the skill and the people to make a good like requirement or to be like product owners, if you have that and have a clear view of what you want to do, what's sort of stopping you from just like uh, doing it yourself, hire a craftsman, so to speak. And in the reverse, like if you don't, what, how would you solve that by putting it externally? So uh, either you like know what you want to do and then the, the distance to actually doing it yourself seems pretty short or you don't know and then you're maybe not ready to put it externally anyway. So uh, how do you like find, how do you find a balance? Or when when do you bring someone in? Nicholas, would you want to start on that one? Yeah, uh, and, and we were touching upon it right now because this is really a, a crucial part of, of uh, I mean, as I said, uh, Wireless Car has been delivering this uh, to people that don't know to your point uh, in the beginning because this was really not a big area that they now starting to know and and as i said that reflects really how we offer uh, what we offer to the market before it was just a full time uh, yeah we deliver everything because you you can only sort of tell me that you want to connect the car in a fancy way and then make your car look cool but now you really want to, to make uh, the the uh, car to, to take you as part of your fleet to, to enable uh, uh, mobility in, in your mobility solution instead. So then you have more specific requirements. So I think I think it's it's we have been touching upon it in many cases. But one thing that is is that we try to come with not just ours but also with the 
our own uh, products or, or uh, sub products that really uh, speed up because we are working for many different car makers so we sort of try to package that knowledge and, and that into our own uh, products and and uh, help that integrate it's still a lot of integration uh, in uh, because each car manufacturer is doing this uniquely there is no there is no iOS for cars yet so, so you need to sort of integrate it specifically uh, but that is one way of, of really making it cheaper and faster and better for, for the than doing it themselves today basically all car makers can do it themselves, but but as we can come with more, we come with our own stuff to the table. It makes it much more easier for them to actually work with us as well. Uh, then we also use more using the soft value that we are a true software company and we help them with this transformation of becoming working. I mean, you said the. In the start, Matthias, that you work as a fintech company in Service I think that is also the part of being uh, uh, transform, uh, transform uh, internal uh, transformation of of uh, of Visma, and that is what we try to help our customers with as well. Trying to help them, how do you actually work with hard deadlines like uh, car delivery together with uh, an agile and, and really unclear requirements with a lot of uh, you don't know two three years before you launch the uh, when you start to decide to launch a car what how does the market look around uh, services around uh, take it simple things like uh, weather apps what who should you integrate with what uh, supplier should you buy etc and that sort of uh, capabilities we we help our customers so, so both both products, but also with our way of working and then that transformation we try to help them with. So, so giving them more than they can being setting ourselves in their shoes, but also showing that we can help them take the next steps and and not being afraid of that. But instead, uh, to your point, Marcus, always helping them and not becoming dependent, because I think that is a stop using us in this partnership because then you feel that they don't have the choice to do it yourself and if you stop them from doing that they will be afraid and then they will stop doing uh, be afraid to take the step to really work together a long answer yeah uh, yeah everyone fears like vendor lock-in for sure yeah. Yeah, 100%. Marcus, where do you, obviously, you know, you're always trying to sell services. So you're very, you know, I'm sure you've got a huge sales, you know, elevator pitch on this one. So now's yeah. your moment. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but it's, uh, like I said, I'm also vested in this startup called Happy at Work, where we do a lot of outsourcing. So I'm, I'm kind of on both seats here. And uh, so just to, to get the question, the question correct, is it, so why do you want to outsource? It's kind of at the core or at it, right? And what are the risks with doing it or not doing it? Is that correct? Yeah, I was thinking like you want to build something, you don't have the people and you realize uh, we don't really have a clear idea either, but we have a strategy, but we don't, we're lacking like this product owner segment. Oh yeah. Uh, what do you do then? And if you have a very strong, on the reverse, if you have a very strong product owner, uh, should you could you still like uh, develop it externally, or would you rather like go the full way and 
hire the people. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I guess for me, it's it often comes down to time. And uh, I mean, do I have time to do it? Does somebody else have time? Do I have people to do it? Okay, if we have people and we have the skills, is it correct for us uh, from a strategic standpoint to do it now? Um, and then it becomes uh, an issue uh, with your business. I like a question about where you are with your with your business. It depends on the size of your company, and I say I would say a lot of factors. Um, what kind of project is it? How long will it run? Do we know, for instance, that this project will be pretty much a three to six months project, and we need to get it done before release X? Then I would say. We always have to measure the the risks uh, involved, of course. But I would say that that would be a perfect example for me when it's a good time to outsource, or it might be a good time to outsource because uh, we, you're not you're not gonna produce so much IP over that period of time that you're not able to compute compute yourself or or understand yourself. Um, but on the other hand, you might have other things that you want your developers to do in that time period or somewhere starting within that time period. So uh, it's a very edgy case. I realize that I'm just taking one example, but I would say there are a lot of, of times where I would want to to outsource. Um, and I, I, then I guess, of course, there is risk involvement. Like you said, uh, vendor locking uh, could be like, OK, this is so complex. And now I have all the understanding, all the know-how of the system somewhere else. And then it comes down to what Nicholas talked about before, trust. Uh, I think it's obviously very important that you trust whoever you, where you're outsourcing. But that has made it quite difficult for me, uh, to be honest, to outsource to countries very far away. Um, because, not because I necessarily don't trust them less, just because it's very, if, if something would happen, then I would say it's a lot diffi more difficult for me to enforce a contract or, or uh, and it's a lot more, especially for a smaller company. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of rambling here with my answer. I don't know exactly what to answer, but I would say that uh, calculated risks are always good. Speed is something. What what is it? Ga Gary Vaynerchuk talks about. It's a forty billion times worth of not doing anything or something like that. So, uh, but, but when it comes down to the issue of, of um, uh, not knowing what to do, then I think maybe also you talked about that before, Matthias. Maybe hire someone that knows how to at least lead that development or project manage the take. You know, finding out what you want to do. You want to do something in this direction. You know, pretty pretty much you know the end goal maybe, um, but you need some UX research. You need a business analyst. You need. Uh, people like that to get, get coming along and help you with that. So that's also might be something that you want to do. Um, yeah, I don't know if that was an answer to the question. Yeah, sure. I think <laughs> uh, from my point of view, what I discovered is that at least that if you do have the resources, both product owners and craftsmen, that does not mean that you shouldn't also Good look seven. for help outside. Because exactly as you say, like you, what are the options then? Well, the options is doing A first and then B later, or the options are you're doing A and you put B externally. Then it costs more, but you win in time. I think like the key here is that you can, like we talked before, that you still have to be supportive. If you put something externally, you still have to have the people to support them, like the product yeah. owners. 
but for sure you could i think that, uh, if you have if you ha do we have the time ourselves is not the real question i guess the real question should be like can we profit from doing this externally in some way and uh, what that means depends on your strategy if time is of essence yes sure you could yeah and I, I think say, the fintech market is probably a, a lot rushed to market when it comes to financial products, I would assume. I worked a few years with Collector Bank and, and uh, it was a very, very rapid pace, I would say. Um, so it was very important for us to to get stuff done in time, fast. I don't know how it is in the in the automotive business from a larger perspective. Maybe you have longer periods of time, so you're not as stressed maybe to get stuff out, or am I completely wrong? I loved you would be right, but unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both yes and no. Sometimes it's really long uh, life cycles, and sometimes it's extremely pushed, as I guess in most. Uh, and then right now it's a lot of, of uh, yeah, late decisions and then you have really short of time in the end because uh, the, when you finally decided what to do you have spent you you know that you need to do something in three years time but you wait until it's almost too late when you start that's you use all of your time to, to really do that but I think this is <laughs> yeah but I think this is really the right discussion that seldom is the case to really look at the different options and uh, I, I unfortunately rarely that is the case it's more of of uh, uh, yeah it could be speed is uh, we have been into that from I think from the actual really start that that is one of the key reasons to to do something you need more speed but but seeing on 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 actually what is the cost of not doing anything is it's really in many cases the right question to to ask uh, unfortunately not too many do that yeah now for a lot of the requisitions that we get in on a day-to-day -day basis i say the majority of them are based on time you know you know even if they're needing somebody somebody with a very specific set of skills you know it's time that is actually the key factor in there because they can't afford to wait to go through the hiring process to get that guy in who has the expertise so yes exp expertise are a key factor of it but it's time that always is the key factor in any of these processes so i think you know whether you've got the in-house or you don't have the in-house time is always going to be the factor if you've got a, an amazing in-house team but you know they're still not going to be enough to get where Matthias was saying like A, B and C done by a certain time frame, then maybe you do need to bring in external help just to like bump headcount in a few key areas to push that project along. Um, expertise is always nice. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I deal with and Marcus deals with on a daily basis, consultants that are, you know, highly skilled in certain areas, but it is always time is the key factor um, on delivery, uh, delivering projects as well for my Sorry. Yeah. Have you seen an increase since uh, COVID started? In I, I mean, in, in consultants hired because of lack of time or due to there time was, constraints? There was a massive decrease last year because all companies were very, very almost petrified at spending any money <laughs> um, this time last year, roughly. 
But now I think everybody grew accustomed to, you know, working remotely and, you know, everything settled down, you know, you know, towards, you know, the autumn last year. So no, I think it's just back to normal now. I mean, we've I mean, from my side of things, we're very busy at the minute, providing both teams and individuals uh, into the clients that we're working with. But then again, it is, you know, purely time orientated requests uh, that they're looking for based on a certain skill set. But obviously, skill sets are quite easy to find, but it's always how fast can you find them? 